That wasn't me. I mean, Thanksgiving meal was good, but... <laughs> I have a rare talent, and I'm going to share with you all now. It's not, totally not appropriate, but I can make those in an elevator, just like that. And yeah. God is good. Do you know, I, I admit, I'm very tired. It's been... Um, been an unusual season and weekend for our family and me you know specifically and uh, I've learned to just lean and trust in the Lord in these times although I want to do like the drive-through message where I'm just like Tamara and I we, we used to go with her parents to this church in Frackville Pennsylvania Frackville Pennsylvania I think it was the birth of place of fracking maybe Maybe. Um, it's known for its coal mines, you know, and that's about it, and pierogies and stuff like that. And they had this really, most of the service was done in Ukraine, right? And they had that little smoke thing where they're doing it and all. And it all has symbolism. And when you really study it, it's like symbolizes the Holy Spirit. It smells pretty good. It was pretty strong. But this guy speed read <laughs> through like the Catholic creed. We believe in one God, true God, true light from true light. I was just like, this dude wants to get to his pierogies or something. And that's all good. Tempting, but I'm not going to do that. Um, again, I have to thank everyone for your support, for your love, and for showing up today and whatnot. And, and Pastor Ina with fire, if you keep that up, man. Whew. You know, and that, that's what's amazing to me is like to be here and dad's not here. It's like the same spirit of the, it, it just, it goes on because it is the spirit of the Lord, right? And that continuance is, is what will draw people, it is what will keep people, it is what we'll, we will focus on until Christ's return, right? No matter where we're at. I am going to have some help today with my lovely assistant, Inga. <laughs> that's not my wife, Tamara. Just joking. Um, you know, it's okay to laugh in church. It's okay. The best prophecy I've ever gotten, and it was by Isabel, is like, and she didn't know me. This is before, like, you know, she, I, she didn't know me. And she stopped, and she's like, man, God said that you make him laugh. And I was like, thank you. Because sometimes people look at me and they're like, that guy's irreverent. Like, he goofs off and jokes in church. And it's like, no, man. I just, I feel comfortable in my father's presence. And, and this is how he made me to be. And I, like I always say, the thing I got in trouble for at school, I now get asked to do, which is talk. <laughs> I like to talk. And a weird thing happens when I'm around introverted people. I fill in the blanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk for them. It's like, you got nothing to say? Well, I got something to say. I'll just keep talking because I feel uncomfortable right now being around you because you don't have anything to say, so I'll just keep talking. <laughs> and then God gives you an introvert to marry, and she's not like that, right? We talk. Um, the older I get, though, the more I become, I feel like an ambivert, right? It's like I can go you know, either way. Like So... I am tired, but I feel so grateful, and it was a beautiful tribute, and everybody contributed. And I again have been pouring over the uh, Facebook comments uh, from the live stream. It's like I forgot it was being live streamed, and then people were like chiming in more and sending messages and things like that. And so that's very heartening to see that people all the way, like even in Uganda, uh, David Ziegler. Uh, who here would know David Ziegler? Anybody? Yeah was in my, my dad's youth group. Uh, yeah, you remember Ziggy. Uh, Apostle Leonard Lucas down in New Orleans. Yeah. And one of the things we were talking about today is the reach that my dad did. Like, Pastor Frank McCracken was here, right? And he's, uh, you know, wonderful. Love, love, love that family. But they're very white, right? <laughs> they are. They're from upstate New York. Dairy farmers. And, you know, they talk like that. And, Praise the Lord. And, and they, have, they have a different... It's like my dad was comfortable in that environment, 
reaching those people, dairy farmers in upstate New York and stuff, you know, they churn butter once or twice, living in an Amish paradise. Um, but he also, when he got to New Orleans, and, and like I said, New Orleans, New Orleans is a, anybody not been to New Orleans? It, you should go. It's an interesting city. Watch your back, though. Um, it's an interesting city where you can experience, like, incredible culture, cultural richness and history and things like that, you know, but you also could get mugged or things like that. So it's like, you just got to be careful and smart. I mean, it was the home to pirates and all the above. So, but my dad, when he went down there in New Orleans, either out of ignorance or he didn't care or both because he had that compulsion of the love of Christ in him, went down to the ninth ward of New Orleans now, ordinarily, and Mr. Elliot, keep me on. Like, ordinarily, white folks don't go down to the Ninth Ward <laughs> unless invited, right, and stuff like that. But my dad went down there and just began to just, and I, I get it. In, in Leonard Lucas's own words, he's like, what drew me is like, what is this crazy white man doing here? And he was like, but I sense the love coming from him. And it was genuine because you can't go down into an environment like that without, you know, with an agenda because people will smell it out, man. They'll be like, who is, what are you trying to sell me? And he just went down there for love and Apostle Leonard Lucas and a church was birthed out of that. And that is credited to David Newell. And he was commenting yesterday. and, And there's so many more of that type of things that went went on with the man, and I'm so grateful for that. So, we are going to continue with the theme of Thanksgiving, because um, it is Thanksgiving week, and frankly, I didn't get to my notes last week. Um, we have got to get away from this mindset. Have a seat, Henry. <laughs> Everybody say hi, Henry. If you keep getting up, I'm going to embarrass you. You know that. <laughs> I'm going to be like that dad when they're teenagers, dude. Um, we've got to get away from this singular understanding like Thanksgiving is a day, it's a week, it's a season. Uh, you know, what it has become, you know, with the lead up to Black Friday, it's just disgusting and it's just consumeristic garbage, to be honest with you. But we have got to shift into a mindset where Thanksgiving becomes our lifestyle every day. We have to do it again, honey. But like we, over the years, have kept a Thanksgiving jar. And we just write things down that we're thankful for. And then at the end of the year, we just read it. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. I don't know why we stopped that. Maybe we just, okay, we're going to start it like right as soon as we get back. Thanksgiving jar. Um, but I know that Tamara and I, in our, in our marriage, in our life, we uh, again and again are coming back to this place of like learning to be thankful and be grateful, even in the midst of our troubles and trials and when things don't go our way, right? And so specifically want to talk to you about, uh, being proactive thankfulness versus reactive thankfulness. Um, how many of you know reacting to things. And, and the truth is, most of us, we are trained in to react to trouble. We have this assumption in our minds that, hey, as long as everything's, you know, seems to be going good, we're good. We don't have to do anything, right? My marriage is good. She's fine. My wife's good. <laughs> How many husbands know that you will get yourself in a lot of trouble thinking that way, right? I said, how many of you husbands? Thank you, Mr. Casino. He's uh, yeah, see, he's, he gets it, right? We cannot live our life on the assumption of anything that everything's just going to be okay, that all I have to do is just show up and everything's going to be okay. I have to be intentional with my wife. I have to be intentional with my wife. I have to still date her. It is harder with three kids especially when the babysitter costs more than the meals. Dude, 
are these babysitters charging? I'm like, I didn't get paid that when I was like my first tech job. What is wrong with you? One of them's going to go to bed right away, and these two, they're not bad kids. They're good kids, right, Henry? He's a good kid. All right, zip it. <laughs> but I have to be intentional. Same thing, you know, with your car. Now, I'm not comparing your wife with your car. Don't get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Both take maintenance, though. Just leave it at that. Everything in our life takes maintenance. Everything in our life, we need to shift into a proactive mindset about it. You cannot wait until the light comes on in your car. If you do, you're probably going to, you know, Spend a lot of money. Yeah, it's going to cost you more down the road. She can tell you, I'm very proactive, like oh, changing the oil, checking the oil, checking the tires. Because I've learned the hard way. I, I, you know, sticking my head in the sand, everything's going to be all right. My Uncle Bud here has built cars from like tubes and things like that. So he knows a lot more about that than I do. But we have to be proactive. And especially with our spiritual life, especially just within our, our everyday life, we need to shift from reaction to proaction, proactivity. Touch somebody and say, stop being reactive and start being proactive. Let's, let's get into our first scripture. Uh, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Verse 1 says this, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. And here's this kicker, Scripture, verse number 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Ooh, that's hard. Was that word about self, selfie that you gave this morning, Laura? The selfie, right? We are living in the age of the selfie. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. See, selfishness, the selfish mindset leads to complaining. The more that I focus on me, the more unhappier me is. The more that I look at my life, because usually when I look at my life, I look at all the wants and the desires that I don't have and don't appreciate all of the things that I do have. All the blessings that I am blessed with right now in this place. Right? It's the, it's the folly that the children of Israel fell into. And it's why God resisted them for 40 years and did not allow them to step into the promises that he had for them. It's because they complained about what they didn't have rather than what God had already done through them, which was crazy, crazy miracles. And you and I are like, how could we forget? How could they forget that? But you and I forget that. We look at what we don't have. And we're like, God, where are you? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. But if we will learn to shift into a place of gratefulness, even when we don't have, that is the key to God blessing us with more. The next scripture is um, Psalm 100. I want to read this quote by John Milton. It says, gratitude bestows reverence. Think about that. Gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies, those transcendent moments of awe that change forever how we experience life in the world. Wow. I think a simple interpretation of that is gratitude takes off the blinders and lets us see a glimpse into God's glory. And we cannot really glimpse God's glory until we shift into that mindset. So let's talk about practicality. And I, I read this yesterday, you know, at dad's service, Psalm 100. It's worth repeating again, though. Make a jo- how do we do thankfulness? This is how. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. We, we engage in worship. 
Listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't wake up mornings and like, I'm ready to go. I shout, yeah, joy. No, <laughs> look at her. She's just like, I sleep with him. She's like, no, I do not wake up that way. I, I, I do lean on some coffee, to be honest with you. I, my brother used to have a shirt that said, you know, without coffee, I'd have absolutely no personality whatsoever. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but like... Sir, okay, so we make a joyful shout unto the Lord. We worship. We make a choice to worship God every day. Yeah, good? Verse two, serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Don't serve the Lord with grumpiness. Look behind you. See all these boxes? See all this? Like, there is so much service opportunity within this church alone. That's one of the greatest, I think, ministries of this church. And the people here, by and large, have a great heart for service. There are needs in the Raleigh-Durham area. There is great need. There is ample opportunity to serve. And what happens when we serve others, we forget about ourselves for a while. Anybody ever see the movie Scrooged? Bill Murray? It is one of my favorite. It's a different take. I, I love the, yeah, Ralph. Ralphie, baby. Ralph gets it. I love it. And, and what it starts off, he's this royally unhappy TV executive who seemingly has it all. He's rich, he's famous, but he's miserable. And by the end of the movie, Lord, he, he learns that serving is, is really the key to unlocking his happiness. That it's not just about forgetting ourselves. It actually is the source to us feeling happy because we were created to serve and love others. We were not created to consume, which is why it's so ugh, that this Thanksgiving season has become, and Christmas season has become about consumerism. I implore you, find opportunities to serve others this season. Number three, verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That, to me, is just an attitude of humility. It's just saying, okay, I acknowledge you're God, I'm not. It sounds silly, but I have to do that sometimes. When I, you know, I sometimes get angry and I paint myself into a corner and I'm like, okay, here I am by myself, frustrated. I've isolated myself in this frustration. How do I get out of this? Okay, you're God. And then he starts to clear the path for me. You're God, I'm not. I need your help. I don't know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. Is that Happy Gilmore? You're smart. I'm dumb. <laughs> yeah. Number uh, verse four, and then this is the one I, I focused on yesterday. Enter his gates into with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. So something else supernatural happens when we are thankful. God's like the gates are open to you, my son, my daughter. Come into my courts. See, when we enter the gates of heaven and, and the courts of heaven, that's where blessing lies for us. That's where our blessing is. And we can access that from a spiritual position once we begin to offer thanksgiving and praise. Thank you, Laura. I appreciate And I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. You're, you're ahead of me. First point I wanted to make in all this is thanksgiving will unlock doors and seasons. I'm going to say that again real slow for the back. Thanksgiving will unlock doors and seasons. Do you feel like you're stuck? Been there. I've been there. I've been there. You know, I, I've heard people say, well, I'm just, I'm in a wilderness and I don't know what to do. I'm just, where's God? I don't know if they talk like that, but that's my interpretation. Why do we have, we have sister act on? What was that? I saw Lauren Hill. What are y'all doing back there? <laughs> Is that Diane? <laughs> are you watching Sister Act? Time? <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Thanksgiving will unlock not only doors, but new seasons in your life. I have been stuck. I have been in the wilderness. I have been in places where I'm like, I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do right now, God. 
Henry, that's my wren. What are you, have you ever asked God, what are you doing? Am I the only one? What are you doing with my life, God? And he's just like, really? He's waiting for me to change my attitude because God doesn't change. We change. He doesn't, we got to stop expecting God to change. He says, I change not. He's literally waiting us to be like, okay, I'll change. It's not my kingdom come, my will be done. It's thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Frankly, the whole basis of Satanism is that. What I want. Do what thou wilt. That's so stupid if you think about it. I have seen God change my situation and I did nothing else but shift into a place of thankfulness. I'll tell you a, a recent one. Everybody flashed me the Dave Newell smile. There it is. That's good, huh? Um, I've been in sales for the last 12 years, software sales. And, you know, sales can be feast or famine. It can be, it can be tough. Uh, I, I just kind of naturally am that guy. I like meeting people. I like talking. I've already established that, right? Um, and it can be rewarding, but it also can be like, you can get into some places where there's thin ice, right? Because when you're a salesperson, they expect you to sell and bring in revenue and things like that. And I was at a company recently, am at a company recently, where it's like, I had a couple of bad quarters. Henry, shh. I had a couple of bad quarters. And... You know, I got a message from the upper management and, and they were just like, you need to pull things up, you know, because it's a results-oriented business. It, there's, it's, it's not personal. You can try to make it personal and things like that, but it's real simple. It's almost like, you know, the book of Deuteronomy, right? The book of Deuteronomy is so black and white and simple. It's just like, you do good, you live. You don't do good, you die, right? And I guess I, I, I'm like that. I, I, I like the, you know, the cut and dry aspect. You sell you have a job. You don't sell. You won't have a job after long, right? And so they gave me a talking to, and it wasn't rude. It wasn't, imper- you know, anything like that. They were just like, you need to have a good quarter, dot, 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 and everything else was understood, right? And I, I, I took it, and I was like, received and understood. So I go to God, and, and let me be honest with you, you know, in the past, I said Dave Newell wasn't a moper, right? But I, I was a bit of a moper in the past, I allowed myself to get into these places where I would just feel sorry for myself. I would look at my situation, circumstances. I'd get upset at God or things like that. I didn't do that this time, did I? What did I do? I said, you know what, Lord? You gave me this job, and I thank you for it. And I believe you want me to do good. I believe I have been trying my best, and it just hasn't, you know, I haven't gotten the leads or the things that haven't worked out like I I had hoped. But I'm just going to thank you anyway. And I'm going to acknowledge that even if I lose this job, you've got something else for me. And I just begin to bless the Lord and worship the Lord out of that place of gratefulness and thankfulness. Even to, to the point that at dinner one night, we were going around the table saying what we're thankful for that week. And I go, I'm thankful for my job. Wife, have you ever heard me say I'm thankful for my sales tech job? Not in 15 years. So God had been doing a work in my heart and changing the way I view. See, because you, you guys know what my dreams and ambitions are. I've shared that with you many times before. I used to be like, God, why haven't you opened these doors, you know, to the film and TV industry? Like, <laughs> me, 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 right? As Joyce Meyer says, focusing on me and what I don't have. But I began to thank the Lord for what I do have and say, Lord, this is your avenue of provision for me. And I'm so grateful for it. And the truth is, I began to see the people that I work with in a different light and be like, these are really smart, bright people who support me. They like me. I like them. I'm going to, you know, just come at this with renewed vigor, Lord God. So that quarter closes. This next quarter begins. And they they make an announcement um, and they say, listen, Year end, we want to make a new incentive for salespeople to close things. And so, if you get to 80% of your quarterly quota, everything above that is going to be an elevated commission rate. (laughs) So, a deal that fell through in the previous quarter called me up and says, Hey, I found the funds. 
And it was my biggest sale of since I've been at this company. And that one sale put me at 80% of that quarterly quota. So that means everything else that has come in, and there's a few more that are coming in, and I'm now leading the team, the entire sales team for this quarter. And everything I'm making is going to be that added bonus to it. So it's almost like God withheld just so he could bless me more. But I, I do believe the trigger to that was a spirit of thankfulness and changing the way I think about my situation. God wants to bless us. Do you believe that? You know, it's like everybody lampooned the, the prosperity message of the 80s because it did get out of hand and it got a little weird and, you know, you cannot look merely at the circumstantial things and material things as a sign that God is with you or not with you, right? Because God loves people in third world countries every bit as much as he loves us who don't have that provision. However, it is not wrong, and God does want to bless us with material things, with the finances of this world. How else does the gospel get preached? Airplane tickets to India don't buy themselves. Having money to feed the poor, it doesn't just, who's going to do that? It does take finances. And God wants to trust people. I want to be one of those trustees. Get on board. <laughs> so Thanksgiving will unlock doors and seasons. The scripture that goes with that is Philippians 4, 6. I don't have that up there, so you don't need to bring it up. But it says, as be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to god i always think it's funny that they they pair anxiety be anxious for nothing with thanksgiving Ooh, could thanksgiving be the key to getting out of anxiety and that kind of leads us to what you were talking about laura Emotional and physical benefits of gratitude. Of gratitude. What I have here is I have a couple of websites. I kind of referenced it really quickly last week. One is UC Davis Health. Now, this is a very, very <laughs> University of California, right? It's the Berkeley system, all that. Not godly, not Christian by any means. Here's what they say about gratitude. These are scientists. These are psychologists, psychiatrists, and... Pfft. Listen to them. Robert A. Emmons, professor of psychology at UC Davis. The practice of gratitude can have a dramatic and lasting effect in a person's life. It can lower blood pressure. It can improve immune function. Facilitate more efficient sleep. Gratitude reduces lifetime risk for depression, anxiety, and substance abuse disorders. And is a key resiliency factor in the prevention of suicide. Wow. 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 Gratitude. I've never been to the doctor and him be like, let me write you out a script for gratitude. Go home and be thankful for 30 minutes, Charlie. But I bet you it would cure a lot of our society's ills. That's one study. Here's another one from UCLA. And it says, uh, I'm going to do my, the Mindfulness Awareness Research Center of UCLA. I, I went to UCLA's film and TV school, and yeah, there's some interesting folk, you know. <laughs> People be late for coffee, and they're like, I'm sorry, Mercury was in retrograde. I'm like, no, you just have poor character. But listen, this is UCLA, and it says gratitude changes the neural structures in the brain. It makes us feel happier and more content. Feeling grateful and appreciating others when they do something good for us triggers the good hormones and regulates effective functioning of the immune system. That's crazy. This is science, y'all. Science, y'all. Here's another one. And this is from, uh, it's a website, NeuroHealth, and it says, gratitude activates the hypothalamus as well with downstream, listen to this, effects on metabolism. 
Are you saying that being grateful can make me lose weight? <laughs> Apparently. I don't know what the hypothalamus is, but it sounds important. Right? I know it's something to do with your brain, right? It's at the base of your brain, and it regulates the hormones. And I'm just reading this. I don't know this. Um, but it's, it's responsible for the temperature, emotional responses, and survival functions like appetite and sleep. So being thankful can actually change your existence in this life, physically. Is that whack? I th- that, that's, you know, modern kid language for cool. With that, I want to welcome my sweet darling wife, Tamara, who's going to share her little points here. Yay! Good morning. Um, thanks, honey. So I'm just going to open with a verse uh, when Charlie asked me just to share a little bit. And um, in my own testimony of, of uh, thankfulness in the past few years, um, this first came to mind. It's First Thess- Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. And it's rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And when I read that verse, I think the, th- the first thing that came to mind is I think sometimes that verse is misunderstood. So when we say here that says, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, it's not the circumstances. God's will isn't the circumstance. It's our response of rejoicing, prayer, and giving thanks. That's his will for you. Um, so I have to be totally honest. I'm so nervous right now. <laughs> My husband was born, like, preaching as he, like, came out of the womb. And like I said, I'm the introvert. Um, but when he, uh, when he asked me to, to share just a few minutes, I was like, okay. After thinking so much about Dave's life and how he just pressed into his purpose and his calling to the very last of his days, I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> um, so, you know, the past few days I have been thinking about, too, you know, I think, you know, when I got saved back around 2002, those um, What Would Jesus Do bracelets were in. I think I have a ring that says it. But I've been asking myself recently the past few days when a hard situation comes up, I'm like, what would Dave do? <laughs> and not that I'm putting Dave above Jesus, but I'm like, okay, Dave would respond in faith right now. Dave would respond in love right now. Dave would respond in saying yes right now. And, um, and I think, you know, when we look at our circumstances, we can look at everything that's wrong with it or, you know, like what Charlie was saying, me, how this is hurting me. But Jesus is saying here, like, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. And that rejoicing and the praying and the giving thanks, that is the will for our life is what's going to bring the fruit into the next season. And it's fruit in the circumstances, whether it's in commissions, but it's in the fruit of the things that are in our spirit that is eternal, and that's the true riches and, and what is really valuable in this life and in the next. And, um, you know, a lot of you guys were here when Charlie and I were living here um, during the pandemic. And, um, you know, during that season, it was hard for everybody, like everybody, right? And, um, you know, we couldn't go anywhere. And so I started in the morning before homeschooling the kids, I would, you know, I'd get up and I would just go for a walk in Dave and Ina's neighborhood. And I just began this practice of worshiping and praying because, I mean, we left California not knowing the pandemic was coming, but also we didn't know what we were doing. Like we didn't know what we were doing with anything, no job, no even path of like, what do we even do? And, um, and so I was like, I, I really, you know, it's like, we were saying, I don't know what else to do except pray. And it's like, well, actually, you should be praying first. <laughs> That's not the last resort. It's the first resort. But um, I would get up, and I just started worshiping, and I started praying every morning. It was the only thing that, like, kept me sane. And then when we moved to Georgia, we moved, you know, I know a lot of you guys know the story. We moved to a very rural part of Georgia again not never saw it coming never saw this coming the first week we were in our house there was a snake in the living room in the house 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie enjoyed the moment. I did not. Um, the house, you know, and, and, I, and I also speak to like being in the house, um, having, it's what? It was a double wide rental. And I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not putting that down. We almost bought it with, with thankfulness, you know, but it was not what I pictured for our future. Um, and, and, and it had mice. I remember sitting in our bed praying and I could hear them scratching and I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> please help. And, um, and so, but during that time too, Andrea, I, I would wake up, I would go to a park before homeschool and I'll get up and I'll worship and I pray and I just read these Bible verses over and over and over, just speaking that life into, into our spirit, into our family. We had a business that was not enjoyable. We didn't know what we were doing, but we did it and the Lord ended up blessing it. Thank you. And, um, and eventually we found our way to where we are now. We're in a beautiful home we love. My husband has a job that he's thriving in and, and our children are thriving and I'm, I'm doing work that I love. Like I'm just, we have Clara. Like I just, there's so much. And in that season, as God brought us into that, I was pregnant, I had a job I love, we're in this home. And just this overwhelming sense of just gratitude was just coming out of our hearts and so much joy. And I realized it was all the seeds of praying those prayers that not only did he bring those answered prayers of things in the natural, but everything that I was praying in the spirit into my heart of thankfulness, that that fruitfulness was coming out of me. And that was the richness that God really wanted to put in me. And everything else was icing. Everything else was icing on the cake. And, um, so I just want to, you know, and even now, you know, with, with Dave's passing, you know, it's, what would Dave do? <laughs> he would give thanks, you know. He would not mope. He would not mope. And, um, and he would continue to pray, and he would continue to worship the Lord. And so I just wanted to share that with you. And um, I hope, you know, if you're in that, that just rejoice, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks. God is faithful. So, yeah. <laughs> Here's your phone. Wasn't that good? See, honey, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm telling you, she brings up that season of um, during the pandemic, pandemic. Um, we, we were totally directionless in terms of like, we didn't get a word from the Lord, you know. Go ye thou to Georgia. No, it was nothing like that. We literally would drive into a city, and, and it's like we had learned to trust the peace of God, right? It says you know, we should live out of a place of peace. And we would go to a city, and we'd be like, and eh, we don't feel peace here. Nope, 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 nope. We had some friends. They have a church in, in, in an area not far from here, and we're like, Greeted with open arms, community, ready-made community, like turnkey community, um, beautiful people. It was near Charleston, right outside of Charleston, and we love Charleston. It's like really a beautiful city, amazing city. And we're just like, man, we just don't feel it. Like, we don't feel it. Just, we felt the opposite of peace. I started to feel like, oh, uh, I don't know about this, you know, some, something about Georgia. But even like in that place where we didn't have clear direction do y'all remember that prophecy that i it was when i was here god gave me the dream about the blackberries yeah yeah that there was just like a river of blackberries and then i was in the river and it was surrounded by blackberries and then blackberries went under a stage and the stage began to swell and everything like that well so it was on the back of this property in villarica georgia villarica Villarica is like other Georgians look at it like, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's out there. Um, it could be its own reality show, actually. We've, we said that when we were living here. But we began to be thankful in the midst of not knowing anything. We, up until that point, had never owned our own house. We'd always rented because we'd live in, like, New York City and L.A. and things like that. Hard to own in New York, right? <laughs> like, you've got to be doing really well. 
And we just were thankful. And that's like I said yesterday, either you're crazy or you have real living faith. And that's what God wanted to see in us. Is can they be thankful living in a double wide without jobs, without any clue of where they're going? And I was walking in the back of the pasture because one of the reasons we, we rented this place is because it had five acres. There were, I, I was just walking back there, praising God, thanking God and stuff like that. And I'm a little, I'm not saying I'm the brightest, I'm definitely not the brightest light on the Christmas tree. I'm not the dimmest light either, but like, it's the new season and it was like early summer and things like that. And I'm just walking back there praying and I just see gazillions of blackberries, wild blackberries. I'd never, ever seen as many of blackberries. And then the thought came to me. And it's like God uses those little things to be like, you're right where you're supposed to be. And I came back and I said to her, like, let's go pick blackberries. And by the way, we're right where we're supposed to be. And I don't know what God's doing, but he's going to do something great. And it's going to be great. You know? It was literally weeks after that I booked that show Dynasty and was on that. And again, terrible show, but it was, you know, good experience. Um, and we, we made jam and stuff like that. Keep it down, Henry. Keep it down. <laughs> so let's talk about practicality. How do you become grateful? So it's not just material, but it's life itself. What does thankfulness feel like? What does it feel like? It's also in Philippians 4, verse 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice. Then it says, let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. Then, and to me, verse six, be anxious for nothing. I I think it's less on our effort, all right? Because it's like, if if you have anxiety and depression and I say, don't be anxious for nothing, you're just like, you know, what do you do? Like, look constipated. Um, but I think what happens actually is that once you shift into a place of thankfulness, gentleness comes forth, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. I also think that anxiety dissipates, right? And the peace of God, verse 7, says, uh, which surpasses all understanding, then guards your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, meditate on these things. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, If there's any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And the things that you learned and received and heard and saw in me to do, the God of peace will be with you. There's two words in Hebrew for thanks and thanksgiving. And I know my dad used to do this on Friday night youth crusades. He called them toda yada. Yeah, toda yada. The root word for toda is yada. What a yada. And yada means to shoot, like as in an arrow. So there's something intentional about it. Arrows don't shoot themselves, right? I hunt and I have a compound bow. And it's like I have to get a vision of what I'm looking at and I intentionally aim at that and shoot it, right? And then toda means to give praise to God. Thanksgiving and songs of liturgical worship, hymns of praise, confessions, thank offerings, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So I intentionally shoot my thanksgiving and my praise. That's Toti Yada. So what dad used to do on Friday nights, and gosh, y'all should do this here, is they would have nights of Toti Yada where they would just give thanks for each other. They would call people out and just be like, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for you, Vicky and Norman. I'm thankful for you, Sue. You know, I'm thankful for you, sweet Lorraine. Everything that you do and bring, I'm thankful for you. There's so many of you. I'm thankful for what you bring to the table here every time we visit. I'm thankful for you. Chocolate pie was good. I'm thankful for that. Chocolate pie will open doors. I'm just saying. (laughs) And lastly, I'm going to close with this. The best way to form a mindset of gratitude is let it slip, slip it in throughout the day. 
And here are some ideas. Um, can we have Brother Wesley or somebody come up on the key, tickle the ivories a little bit? We're going to end with Pastor Tim is going to. Um, thank you, Mom. She's come. Uh, we're going. Pastor Tim is going to do the Psalm ninety-one and, and close us out in prayer. But I just want to leave you with these thoughts. We also have the prayer team up here to minister to anybody. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. But what are the, some of the ways you can be proactive? Here's some practical ways. We already said it. Start a, th- start a Thanksgiving jar. Write it down. Write it down. Touch somebody and say, write it down. Oh, and Casino, you have so much to be thankful for, man. Not only your lovely family, but look what God is doing in your life and career right now. In a time where the economy, you know, is this, that, and the other. What? Blah, 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 the economy. Blah, blah. That's all we're going to hear about the next few months. Um, you have so much to be thankful for. We all do. Write it down. Create a journal, a gratitude journal. Remind yourself of these moments. Hit pause. Stop what you're doing. Don't just mindlessly turn on Netflix at the end of the day, right? Hit pause. Take some time to just say, Lord, I am so grateful. And then name the things that you're grateful for. Name the things that you're grateful for. You know, as a practical matter this week, I'm grateful for uh, Andy Wheeler. He was the funeral director. You guys just don't know what he was behind the scenes. God led us to those folks. And they told us, they're Christians. They were like, this is our ministry. And I'm like, "You're, you're operating in your ministry. And we thank you for that. Leave good reviews. They were amazing. Here's something you can do. Redirect your thoughts redirect your thoughts do you know that you don't have to go with every thought that pops in your mind do you know that it took me a while to learn that you know they of course i grew up and they used to say this pastor green used to always say you know you can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can stop them from nesting in your hair so when a negative thought enters my mind and the negative thought could even be in the form of what i I'm thinking about somebody else right now that I don't like right now. That's usually where it (laughs) tends to go. (laughs) I can be thankful for that person instead. Lord, thank you for them. Lord, touch them. We can redirect our thoughts. We actually have control over our thoughts. And then share your gratitude with somebody. Boy, that's the way to spread it. And you could start almost like a a movement of thankfulness wherever you go. It could be at the restaurant today. It could be at your job. I, I would actually encourage you, start being thankful for your coworkers. Tell them that. Even the crazy ones. Do it. Watch what happens. Tell your boss you're thankful for them. I I sent a Slack message to my boss the other day and I just said, hey, I'm thankful for your leadership on this thing. I got favor, man. I got favor. That's it. Pastor Tim, please come up. So I, again, want to thank you all for your love towards our family, your support. We're so grateful. It does not go unnoticed. It does not go unnoticed. We love you so much and are appreciative of you and God bless you. Here you go, Pastor. Here we go. All right. And you'll close us out with some prayer. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to take just a moment uh, of silence and transition to the Word. Uh, I would want you to take these words, keep them in your heart, meditate on these words, 
and let them guide you this week in every step you take, every thought you have. Let's just close our eyes, bow our heads. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. Read with me. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. The Lord bless you now and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.